Hey friends, you're listening to the None But Curious podcast, a space for nuns, agnostics, and nothing in particulars. We are okay with not knowing, and we're inspired by each other, art, nature, and everyday moments. I'm really happy you're here. Let's go explore. I'm always curious about the songs that people listen to, the music that they're drawn to, movies that people cling to, and the books that they read. And I think that information gives us a lot of depth to a new person in a short period of time. So... I thought it would be a fun exercise to think back about what I've read along the way and pinpoint some of the resources that maybe you've read, maybe you will be inspired to read again, maybe you've never read. I think it helps reinforce for me the whole reason I'm doing this, but I also think it will give you a little better insight as to who I am as a person. At least I hope so. So as far back as I can remember, the first book I really remember hitting me hard spiritually was Siddhartha by Herman Hesse. I'm pretty sure that was required reading when I was in high school. I don't think that would have been anything I would have picked up on my own. Although I do like random titles. That's another thing. I, I will pick a book by its cover or its title just to see if Falling in love with something superficially actually means something. But those are fun little games that I play. Nevertheless, the whole book was comforting to me. I think I would have read it when I was 16 or 17. And I was in a very weird place. I wanted nothing to do with where I was. Physically, mentally, emotionally, even spiritually. I, I wanted to be anywhere but here. And in that book, the chapter I really remember is the chapter with the ferryman. And I think when I reflect upon where I was as a teenager, I think the reason that I loved that so much is because the ferryman was always by the river. It was his job to take people from point A to point B. He didn't go any further and he didn't leave the river. And somehow that was enough. And it helped me appreciate to for being where I was at the time, even though it was not great. It wasn't. And then from there on, I read The Joy of Living and Dying in Peace by the Dalai Lama heavy read um 
opened my mind up to Buddhism and the Buddhist way of thinking. Uh, talked a lot about suffering. And I was in the midst of a lot of suffering. So that was a really good book to read. It, from what I recall, it was enlightening, but it was also very somber. I mean, it's talking about living and dying. So you can imagine, but still overall a good read. Here is one of the quotes that when I skimmed through it recently, when I borrowed it from the library, um, that stood out. The process for moving from misconception to knowledge is gradual. For instance, we might start out in a state of total misconception, single-mindedly holding a view contrary to reality. As we proceed with our investigation, coming to understand the reasons that challenge our viewpoint, our mind changes from a state of total misconception to a wavering state of doubt. And we begin to think it could be this way or that way. Further investigation leads us from that wavering state of mind to see that our previous conviction was wrong. And that quote right there just, to me, describes the journey of self-awareness and gaining wisdom. It's ugly, it's dirty, it's messy. So we've got the two Buddhist books, and from then on, I was exposed to Wicca, A Guide for the Solitary Practitioner by Scott Cunningham. That was my first real glimpse of paganism. Um, I didn't have money for all of the things that I wanted to do. <laughs> so the only real reason I didn't commit to Wicca I, at the time, I know it was because I just didn't have the money. Um, but... That book and The Joy of Living and Dying in Peace did lead me to start playing with candles through meditation and working with candle magic. I do recall that and uh, I am very grateful. The next book I think I was gifted in my early 20s is called Wherever You Go, There You Are by John Kabat-Zinn. And when I recently reread that book, the quote that stuck out to me was this. Look at other people and ask yourself if you are really seeing them or just your thoughts about them. Without knowing it, we are coloring everything, putting our spin on it all. So go ask yourself for the rest of the day, the rest of the week. Are you really seeing people as they are? Or are you just seeing your thoughts about them? That exercise alone is mind-blowing. Just, just know that if you really commit to that, woo, stuff is going to move. Uh, in my early 20s, I was also gifted The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. A very poetic book. Um... I was very grateful to have it at the time. I do recall waiting at least two years to read it after I was gifted it. I wasn't ready for it. I really wasn't. I was a very angry, the world is against me, young adult. Um, so I think it was my, my mid-20s, not my mid, 22, 23, I think that's when I read this. And... 
the four agreements very quickly and not as beautifully put as Ruiz will describe is to speak with integrity. Uh, the second one is nothing people do is because of you. Woo, that was a big one. Number three, don't make assumptions. It's, I'm still working on that. And four, do your best, whatever your best may be. Um, a mantra I have, especially when it comes to parenting or reflecting back on decisions that I've made that I may not have made knowing what I know now is I did the best with what I had. With all the information I had, I did the best I could. Be Here Now by Ram Das. That was another book that was gifted to me. It was a very interesting circumstance that I received it. I was advised by this very new friend of mine at the time um, that she had been gifted this book. And the only, the only obligation I had in taking the gift was that when I was done, I would pass it along to somebody who I thought would be able to use the wisdom within. What a weird book. If you've never read it, I, I really think you should consider it. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a slow read and there's illustrations and it's kind of trippy. I don't know how else to put it, but the place that I was in, I needed something to be that trippy to bring me back to my center. And... I think it took me, it, well, it took me to cross state line <laughs> and years later to gift it to someone else. But wow, what an incredible book. So you probably should pick that one up if you haven't. It's, it's interesting and I don't know how else to describe it. I just remember the simplicity of it hitting me hard. Ted Andrews, Ted Andrews, Ted Andrews, all the animal totems. I have Ted Andrews. I think I have three or four of Ted Andrews books. And you would think I have read them all through. Nope. You would think that I would remember the information that is contained within them about plant and animal totems. Nope. But... They are fantastic resources to keep going back to and having little, oh yeah, moments. So highly recommend. Um, I, in my 20s, I went to school for nutrition education. And these next two books I read because they were required reading and they stuck with me. Molecules of Emotion by Candace Pert. She talks all about neuropeptides. Basically, there's a reciprocal relationship between emotions and the digestive and the immune system. It's a lot of science, but even not being a science nerd, I got so much from it and I love it. I love it, love it, love it. The other book that I read, interestingly enough, about... <laughs> nutrition education it was just to back up it wasn't just about educating people about nutrition but talking about the whole person and where they were mentally emotionally physically and 
patterns that they had and what was contributing to not being able to reach their goals or why they gravitated towards certain foods. It was a really, really cool degree to get. I digress. So the next book that was required reading was The Heart's Code by Paul Pearsall. Um, This is where it talks about, oh man, cardio energy? I'm saying it wrong. But basically the heart doesn't just pump blood. It pumps info energy and the heart can hold memories. Talks about um, the different memories that people who have heart transplants remember from the prior person. Really weird. Kind of out there. I dug it. So I would suggest reading that. And talking about weird, um, later on, probably in my mid-30s, I was introduced to Gene Keys by Richard Rudd, and following shortly was Human Design. I can't remember the author, but basically, both of the books talk about um, how DNA... There are messages encoded in our DNA that make us who we are, and we can activate or deactivate those depending on the actions we take, the thoughts we think. I'm really diluting this. Um, They are extraordinary books. I suggest choosing one or the other. Um, They're similar, but also vastly different. And if you ever talk about Gene Keys or human design with people who are familiar, it's kind of like the Twilight movie years ago. What, like, are you team Jacob? (laughs) Are you team Edward? People just really resonate with one or the other, it seems. I remember a few years ago, I came across the book, The Wisdom of Insecurity by Alan Watts. And I'm going to share a quote with you that has stuck with me. In his book, he says, In times of happiness and pleasure, we are usually ready enough to be aware of the moment and to let the experience be all. In such moments, we forget ourselves, and the mind makes no attempt to divide itself from itself, to be separate from experience. But with the arrival of pain, whether physical or emotional, whether actual or anticipated, the split begins and the circle goes round and round. As soon as it becomes clear that I cannot possibly escape from the reality of the present, since I is nothing other than what I know now, this inner turmoil must stop. That is a beautifully presented piece on being present. I can say no more about it. Pick it up. Just pick it up. If there are books that you're really passionate about that have changed your life, and I mean like stopped you in your tracks and made you take a turn for the better, please share it with me. I love learning. I love reading. And, you know, winter's coming. What better time to read? Hey, thanks for listening. Let's keep this conversation going. Share your stories with our None But Curious Facebook group, or you can also follow our Instagram at None But Curious. 
or email candy at numbutcurious.org if you want to share your ideas and thoughts. Until next time, stay curious.